Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Good evening and welcome to the Como Sports End Zone. I'm Nico Tamarine alongside Najee Moye. Najee, welcome back. Nico, how's it going, buddy? It's good, you know, and... Essentially, what this podcast is, is what you and I talk about in the Como newsroom on an, any given night, whether it's sports, whether it's our favorite TV show, currently The Last of Us, or yep. whether it's just anything going on in the world right now. And it's just so glad that we can bring this back because there's so many things that are really intriguing right now in the Seattle sports scene. And I think that it's time we did another podcast about it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as you can see outside, well, hopefully you look outside your window, first <laughs> of all, and you may notice it's a little bit lighter outside. Um, it's not warm <laughs> outside, but if you look at the calendar, we're getting close to March. We're in March, actually. We're going to be springing forward soon, which means the boys of summer are playing baseball, our favorite time of year. The Mariners, honestly, the past – Two years have been very exciting. I've been here for about two years, and the past two years have been very exciting, especially last year. The Mariners making it back to the playoffs for the first time in two decades. Yeah. Starting with the Mariners, you kind of gave a you gave a very great overview <laughs> of everything. <laughs> I but tried. Th- this just shows how excited I am about this season. I Well, I think there's every reason to be excited because, as you mentioned, it was kind of a trajectory, right? 2021, they were fighting until that last weekend of the season, ultimately fell short. But even if you were in that immediate disappointment – so many predicted 2022 would end the playoff drought, and it did. It did. It did. And we all believed. I was in, Like I said, I went to one of those games in 2021. It was against the Angels, and we all had to believe the belief signs. It was crazy. It was electric. And I know people that, have been, that was you know at T-Mobile for the playoff games, and it was insane. And I It was mean, amazing. It was amazing. And now, but this is the year. Okay, making playoffs is one thing. Mm-hmm. And we the, the Mariners are a great team. Now is the year. And things have happened on the off season, but the now is a year where we have to make the next step, right? The next jump, you know. I mean, we've been grooming for this. This is kind of this may not be it, but this is the window is open. Yes, the I def- agree with that. The, the window for championships are open, and I've if you are a loyal listener of this podcast, first of all, thank you, <laughs> thank you, and you are a friend of this podcast. Um, if you have been listening to me rant about the Seahawks and Kraken and the Mariners, you know I've been I want a parade in Seattle. <laughs> you know, I, I, I need a parade. You want to be in like that head float. I want to be in the head float. I mean, I mean, can you imagine just like Julio and Cal and cert- some put a, like a hat on service? You know, just like yeah, just be very happy, just like moseying down the. And but I think honestly, this may not be the year for a parade, but it could be. It could be. It no, very no well question. could be. It very well could be. You know, it's one thing when you I, – I love hearing Scott Service say, he's like, well, and Jerry DePoto say, well, you know what, we're, we're going all the way this year. We, we want to go further this year. I'm paraphrasing. But to your point, I think that they understand, because they've both been with the team so long now, that even before their arrival, this city was long suffering for a baseball winner. Well, they've given them a winner. Yeah. Now you got to keep winning. And I thought you made a great point a second ago. The window is now open. Right. Um, Julio is locked up for seven years. Oh yeah. Um, there's just a lot to like about this this team, 
And I think that it, I think that some of the signs you're seeing. Okay, I think that regardless, you look at this team as playoff potential. Of course, that's obvious. Obviously, but I think when you take a step back and say, "How can this team take a step further?" I think they've already accomplished a lot of that. A, you've added a bat in Teoscar Hernandez. Teo. Teo. Love Teo. Um, I'm gonna get you've used to hearing that all year. Teo. <laughs> exactly. You've added a second baseman. That's great defenseman in Colton Wong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing, Najee, this is the biggest thing to me is that one of the questions of spring training was all surrounding that left outfield spot, that corner outfield spot opposite of Teo, obviously Julio patrolling center. And there was a number of guys that could be there, and then it was Taylor Trammell that could be there, but then he got hurt. He'll he'll be back probably at some point in April, but he he loses that entire spring to compete, which stinks. And then here out of nowhere, who who comes out swinging in spring training other than Jared Kelnick? I mean – and this is kind of what everyone's been waiting for almost, you know? It, well, and I think you're right, and I think we just need to see it in the regular season. Exactly. That, that That's that's what I mean, though. I mean, and, you know, the the Mariners did end up with A.J. Pollock from the White Sox earlier from the, in this offseason, and he'll definitely help. And we're definitely – there's a stable for that left field spot. There's also, you know, questions like, you know, someone can play left. Someone, I mean, is there a, a regular daily DH for the Mariners? I mean, who knows? They're going to do that by committee. Right. And here's what's interesting about the Mariners, and I, and I really like that they've done this setup. You went into spring training anyway saying that the other outfield spot's going to be by committee, although Jared Kalnick's doing his best to make sure that's him. He's having a great spring so far. No question about him. He had two home runs the other day. He got another home run earlier in the week. And I think that um, you know, he's a guy that, that could, has unlimited potential. Right. We just it, The mental part, and the Mariners are raving about his approach this spring. He looks like a different guy. Yeah. I think you saw that late in 2022. But what it also does is that these guys, you know, Pollock or Cooper Hummel, some of these guys that can play the outfield could also shift to give Julio or Teo a day off their legs. Yeah, exactly. And play the DH spot while they play basically a defensive outfield spot and bat ninth in the order or whatever it is. Yeah. But it's fine. It's, it's, it's it fine. It gives you flexibility. Yeah, and flexibility is what you really want. You know, I... You know, I, I I told Nico before the podcast started that I would only talk about the Yankees once. <laughs> well, here's your one and Yankee pass. This pass. is it. It's gonna last for 25 minutes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know, the Yankees have so many short have so many options for shortstop right now. And it's like, well, okay, well, the the best thing about it is you have options. You know, for whether it's you know Isaiah, you know, kind of kind of Falefa or Vlopi or whoever it is. You just need because it's such a long season. Right. It's such a long season, and you, ideally, you know, Julio can't play every game in the center field. Sure. You would love him to, but would you really want him to? Exactly. And you know? now you have the opportunity. Now, yeah. yeah. And just having guys, I mean, having a set of nine players who can just hit, great. But having maybe 12 players that can hit in field, even better. Absolutely. And, yeah. that, and that's the depth right. that the Mariners haven't always had. I mean, you look at some of those lineups down the stretch last year, and you're kind of like... Uh, where's it going to come from? Right. And yeah. you're just relying on your pitching staff. Which is amazing. The best rotation, I will say this. Now, this is something I'll stand by. The best five-man starting rotation in baseball. I agree with it. Going forward, not just this year, but keep everyone together for a couple of years because everyone's young. Gilbert's young. I mean, Marco's not as so young, but neither is Ray. But they're great, you know. I mean, it's kind of— I look at it. You've got George Kirby as a rookie starting in game three of the ALDS, the biggest game played in here in Seattle in 21 years. And you counted on that rookie, and he delivered. He didn't give up a run. Didn't give up a run. You know, Logan Gilbert— um, third year of starting, but he's super young, and he's he's. I mean, 
there's basically like three aces and I mean, Luis Castillo is the ace. I was, yeah, he's the ace, and almost, I didn't mention him just now. But when I, I say was, there's, I'm, yeah, the fact that I even kind of left him out, which, which just is, shows right how how dominant this rotation is. Absolutely. I mean, well, when you say there's three aces, I Luis is certainly the ace in Seattle. Right. But Logan Gilbert, George Kirby could easily be aces in other cities. Robbie Ray, when he's playing and throwing he to was an his ace potential, in Toronto. he won yeah. the Cy Young. Exactly. You know, and he had a ba- he had a rough late end of 2022. I don't think that's indicative. Of what we'll see maybe it is but i don't think it is and you're talking about robbie and the eyes of some could be your number four <laughs> like it's crazy that's a crazy thought to think you know but just it just shows how great the lineup is and i mean and scott's gonna adjust people just as far as like days and you but again you mentioned uh with the with, with the fielding situation and with the batting order depth you need that with rotations because you know i mean pitchers go down yeah Obviously, as a Yankees fan, believe me, I know. <laughs> you know oh, sure, yeah. trust me, yes. But no, I, I and I think, but we're gonna. This is gonna be the type of year that we're gonna see the rotation. I mean, we may have like maybe three All Stars in that rotation alone. Could you be. Know? And if I'm making more predictions, I mean, and we'll get into this later on in the podcast. But there's been a lot of changes in Major League Baseball over the summer, over the winter. Um, one being the pitch clock, and one being the bigger stolen bases. You know, um, players batters and 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 pitchers have less time to kind of mull around you know yeah wander around keep these baseball games going and i was thinking the other day what is the biggest change in like baseball in the past like 20 years i think it might be the pitch clock honestly i think oh i think so yeah, yeah and it'd be interesting to see how that's affecting players and i think that you know, getting rid of the shift in most scenarios will be helpful. Colton Wong actually said it's, he's going to be a much better defender than he's been the last couple of years because he's going to play second place, the base, the like play. legitimate, yeah, yeah, and not have to like slide all over the field depending on what the defensive lineup yeah. is. Um, you know, I was talking, I was talking about Julio earlier, but I mean, honestly, when you had the bigger bases, I've <laughs> Jessica Mendoza. I was watching a, a Yankees. Okay, sorry, second time. Okay. I'll, I'll put a dollar Let in the jar right quick. Okay, I was watching um, a spring training game, and she mentioned that you know, looking at the bases on the field, they look like giant pizza boxes. You know, <laughs> and when you know when you have pitchers having less time to just kind of mull around, and they may be focused on making a legit pitch. They might not notice Julio's running behind him, you know, yeah. like stealing a base. So I mean, one bold prediction I have for this year is that Julio may end up being a forty and forty guy. If you can, can if you think about that upward trajectory, yeah. you know, maybe he hits over three hundred and it's like second major, major, major year, you know. So I, I could see it, and I mean, that's a that's a hot take, and but it's not really a hot take. Like it's a bold prediction. It's a bold prediction, but it's entirely possible. It's very possible. I mean, and you know, it's. I, it just shows. I mean, he's a face of the franchise. I mean, just that just shows how much faith I have, faith I have in Julio. Sure. Honestly. Yeah. I think that, I think I like the forty home run prediction. You know, right. as a rookie, when he had that really rough April, um, when the umpires were giving him terrible calls. Yeah. And he still managed, you know, get twenty eight. He mean, didn't I have a wrist injury. At one he point. had that wrist yeah. injury. He was out for a bit. I mean, and he still ended up with twenty eight. You know, I think it's it's something that's really unique about it. You know, you mentioned depth a minute ago too with this team. You know, we talked about the rotation a second ago, and yeah, depth can be, you know, those starters we mentioned. It can be that your former number one guy, Marco Gonzalez, is now your number five guy. Yeah. But I'm also looking at, barring any kind of transaction, that Chris Flexen, who started most of the season. Great name, by the way. Yeah, Flexen on you, um, is essentially not in the rotation right now. He's a sixth starter. But no pitcher goes through a season unscathed. No. And he's ready to go. And that's a really invaluable resource. Um, I think the guys coming up, like in, you know, Emerson Hancock can be good. But I also think that having a proven guy like Flexen, 
is a really invaluable resource to have for that depth. Definitely. No, I mean, unfortunately, and now we were talking about this earlier. We were talking about another another great starting rotation. I think it was um, the Mets starting rotation. Someone had gotten hurt just before spring training already. It's like, okay, well, what are we doing, you know, already? (laughs) The the actual season hasn't even started yet, you know, but, you know, things do happen, you know, going forward. Um, And, you know, talking about injuries, I mean, let's talk about the pitch clock for a second. You know, Mm -hmm. I watched – a game with a certain team <laughs> well, where well played. with with uh with a uh a baseball uh pitcher named Wadi Peralta just like striking out a guy in 20 seconds yeah. and i just can't help to think what does that do to a pitcher's arm right. what does that do to a, a batter having a lot of focus or maybe maybe having more focus you know i i, I mean i think about the pitch clock i think about the nba bubble yeah. a, a bit you know when you didn't have any fans yeah and you're basically playing like LA fitness basketball in a gym yeah. and how almost different that was. That is the, the only thing I can compare to as like a season, a season difference. Yeah. As far as like having a pit, like it's that much of a, having a crowd obviously in a basketball game versus having a legit time. Cause one thing about baseball, you know it, I know it. People love to just like loiter yeah. in the stands <laughs> yeah. and watching it at home you know on the field there's a lot of standing around you know yeah i think that if the move was necessary yeah i think that it's gonna like any new rule change especially in a sport like baseball that's been around forever there's gonna be some pushback there's gonna be some people that don't like it you're gonna see some sound bites from some big players who are being like i don't know why they had to do this but you know get all mad about it but i don't want to sit through four-hour games again no nobody yeah. does not in 2023 no not when you can get all sorts of information on your cell phone and right. it's it's just not when there's like 80 inch tvs that people can watch on their comfy couch and their gym shorts and yep. not have to be all dressed up and have to drive through traffic out of a stadium exactly and yeah and i just think that also i mean i, I know you've seen these online too and they've shown like side-by-side comparisons of like I think it was a game seven in like 2004. Since you already said that team's name, I won't say theirs, but the Red Sox were playing in it. Gross. And I think that uh, and then they juxtaposed it with a playoff game in 2022. And in 2004, everybody was just locked in. Yeah. And then the one on the right, everybody was literally on their phone. And it was like this key situation. I don't know why I just looked at my phone because nobody can see me look at my phone. Nico looked but, at his phone. But the point is, is like everybody was like not as engaged because we're all, we all have a short retention span. Yeah. Um, it's only, nowadays I mean, yeah no definitely and, and like anybody worse. just because you know like something that like in the america online days well we can look up this website in five minutes now if we don't have a website in like a nanosecond we're pissed and, and it's like you know you have to find a way yeah. to keep this not just the way society changed but especially a younger generation we've seen the studies that baseball is in declining popularity um certainly football has been king for a while mm-hmm. but baseball used to be king not that long ago it's true and now some of the studies say that basketball has surpassed baseball, and I think it has with the younger generation, especially uh, kids that are in high school right now, especially. Right. And I think that um, that's the sport they're growing up with, and they're going to root for when they're adults. Yeah, base- basketball is definitely. I've always thought that basketball was probably the most viral sport out of all of them. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's, it just, it's constant action. Yeah, keeps you engaged even in like game fifty four of an NBA schedule. When the Golden State Warriors are throwing up like fifty three pointers, it's still engaging. It's still know? engaging, yeah. I mean, but you know, having the pitch clock, I mean, it keeps you looking at your phone. I was it keeps you not looking at your you, phone. Of course, I should yeah. say, yeah, definitely, because you're just like watching every. Because you have to. Because you'll miss something. Right. Like, I like I was at home watching a game one day, like watch a spring training game one day, and I I thought I had the game on, and about like a two like an hour and a half later, we're in the fifth inning already. 
Yeah. I'm like, this is kind of, you know, crazy. But I will say this. The one only downside that I can see, and I think very um, nostalgically back to, you know, playoff games of your, you know, you get these stare downs. I think about the broadcast, you know, you get these stare downs between like pitchers and batters, you know, and you get the long wind up and then you get all the the crowds going crazy, you know. Right. And you get, you know, the the crowds going crazy and then you just get these like really dramatic moments, you know, like the Kirk Gibson home run. I saw a video of the Bryce Harper uh, home run in Philadelphia a couple years ago. Crazy. But these things are not going to be like as... They'll still be memorable. I agree, but, but there'll be something missing because the dr- the drama will be gone almost it, because everything has to be done within like ten seconds. Yeah, it'll be a lot different, and I think yeah, some of that drama won't build. The pitch clock will probably hurt in that situation, but it'll definitely help for game you know sixty three in June. Sure, you know, yeah, definitely. And I think that that's when, um, you know, I almost wish there was some kind of hybrid model, maybe. So like give them an extra five seconds in the postseason or something. Well, you saw one of one spring training game got called very like like at, ended a game right because of the pitch clock because the, the the batter was just like maybe he forgot about it. Probably did at this point. At this one, yeah, and then he just like you're out. That's it. That's crazy. <laughs> that is something. If you said to somebody ten years ago, they'd be like, "No way." Can we get the robot umps? Ooh. I don't know. I love hearing the. But the, how many games like, have that was a really bad impression. Changed. Well, it de- it, well, you can if you want. Like I'm not faulting them; they're human, right? But like, there's been so many games that have been changed by that. When I mean, you look at some football games, like playoffs, that have been messed by that, right? Um, I think we're heading towards something like an overhead official with right. computer aids, right? You know, and, but. And, are you asking me if I'm okay with it? I'm asking, do you think that should be the next big rule? I guess I kind of just said robot, robot umps and went on a tangent. Do you think that should <laughs> robot be Robot umpires! <laughs> right now, marching down Seattle right Center. Right now. Um, probably. I mean, every it seems like every sport is kind of going through um, a revolution when it comes to sure. reviewing calls and stuff. I mean, football's had it for quite a while, with, you know. But um, And you can actually challenge more things than basketball. Little side note, basketball has this thing where now the refs, if you're watching a broadcast, the refs will just, like, if you challenge a call, the refs will talk directly into the camera. Yeah. Like, directly towards yeah. you. I hate that. I right. cannot stand it. I don't know why. Right. Um, but, as for, I mean, I think that's the next thing, definitely. I think yeah. the, the bigger base is, is 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 a pretty big deal as well. Uh, it is, as well it is combined, like you said, with the pitch clock. That's going to add to a lot of stealing, stolen bases. Like, I just feel like we're going to see a lot of guys stealing, like, 30 40 like more often than we have i agree because like you you, i think you spelled out the scenario perfectly earlier where a pitcher is going to be more focused on getting ready and getting set to throw a pitch yeah because they have so so much fewer time to do it that they're not going to notice certain guys yeah you know and it's just yeah it's going to be interesting dynamic i think that's something that 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 may get people to watch yeah a little more excitement it's something i even kind of overlooked thinking about it in that way but i think that you're right i think it's Gonna add to excitement. I think it'll be, um, and I think it'll be a number that jumps. So if you have like your, well, don't blame Najee and I if we're wrong, but like, blame you, Nico. Don't if blame you me. have like <laughs> any of those betting. If you go to the Snoqualmie Casino Sportsbook, you know maybe like see yeah what stolen bases props are for certain guys. Ooh, well, people bet on anything these days. Oh, honestly, yeah, like, um, but you mentioned robot. I think that's the next step. As long as the robot umps can still call. Make the call. Yeah. Strike. Yeah. I still want to hear that. Yeah. You know, 
I mean, a really synthetic um just adds to a game, I think. <laughs> I, no, I yeah. agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, all right, Naj. Nico. Dramatic pause. Yeah, because I want to ask a question, but I want to make it a question that's worth answering for you. I will answer I, any question you ask I was going to say, how many games do the Mariners win this year? But let me make it more impactful. Do the Mariners do what they intend to do and win the American League West this year? The biggest problem with that is Houston is still really, really good. Of course. It, it says more about the Mariners – or says more about the, the Astros than the Mariners, honestly. Um, I think they would want to. I think they definitely need to. We're talking about a long playoff run. I think it'll be I think it'll be much closer than what ten games or whatever it was in twenty twenty two. We're right. like the Mariners, you know, clinched a playoff bid, but it was always clinching a wild card bid once you got past like August. Right. And so I think it'll be closer. I don't know that they'll make it make it. You know, a couple episodes ago I was talking to you about what the Seahawks need to do in the off season mm-hmm. um to maybe get over the hump. The big the big bad in the NFC West is the the Niners, you know. Yeah. Um and maybe it's so that the Seahawks may do more to win every game, yes, or try to win every game, but maybe do more to match up specifically to the Niners. The Mariners, I mean, could do something very similar to the Astros. The Astros have been the dominant team in the league, league-wide, for years. Right. And everyone is playing catch-up to them. And they are bringing maybe a better team than they brought last year. Sure. But then again, so are the Mariners. So to answer your question, I don't think the Mariners will win the AL West. Mm-hmm. I think the Mariners could win over 100 games. There'll be, I they like could, that. There could be two over About 100 games. a 10-game improvement? Yeah, I think that's not unreasonable. Yeah. No, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. Well, you um, saw the intangibles with this team. Yeah. Ten games under five hundred in June. Right. To, you know, going 90 and whatever and being almost 20 games over five hundred by the time the season was over. I mean, you're talking like that's a 30-game swing just about. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And it speaks to the heart of this team. They didn't let anything get in their way. Well, oddly enough, that fight with the Angels sparked everything and – Hey, Jesse Winker's now gone. Sometimes you have to throw hands. I guess right? <laughs> sometimes you got sometimes you got to do it. I, but it I, showed me the 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 makeup, the metal of this team and this organization that they were able to do something like that. And you combine that with all of the things we've talked about: this World Series caliber rotation, right? Um, adding pieces in the right places, and maybe getting some guys to rise up and help you. You know, another guy we talked we haven't talked about yet is Cade Marlowe, who looks like he's going to make the opening day roster, or very well could be anyway. And yeah. You know, guys that you weren't counting on, maybe him, maybe Kelnick, to be there at their at their absolute best because it's really hard to do that. Yeah, um, it's only going to make this team better. Even guys like Kyle Raleigh would just take yeah. that take that next step. You know, and Kyle Raleigh having a guy like Tom Murphy back. Remember, Tom Murphy was the starting catcher last year. Tom goes down with a season-ending injury at the end of April. Cal gets recalled from Tacoma. Remember, Cal struggled so early That's true. last season. He was sent down to AAA. And I did this story with him in June, not knowing the history that was ahead for him with one of the most iconic plays in Seattle sports history. Exactly. That he got called up only because of injury, but boy, oh boy, did he make the most of it. Right. And now he has seized that starting spot. And Tom is still, he mashes right-handed pitching. Um, he's the backup now, but he's still there where if Cal needs a day off, where catchers always do because of the rigors on the body in that position, um, suddenly it's a bona fide catcher who's a really good bat and respectfully not Luis Torrens respectfully yeah like he's yeah. not a catcher by trade he can kind of just catch he, he uh, can you know? catch yeah and uh, you know even thinking about catching just makes my knees hurt honestly right right um but but we uh, but again I, I guess maybe the theme of this podcast is depth yeah 
when you have both Tom Murphy and Kyle Rowley as your catchers, as you, as, I mean, these are teams wish they had two great catchers, right? You know, or, or like maybe five guys that could play outfield, you know, or like a rotation of, you know, five guys who may win, like who can who can all strike out many guys, you know. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, but and also like every team in the in that well, not every team. I should say the Rangers also got better too. Yeah. So, it. I think everyone is still trying to play catch up to the Astros still, um, but that being said, the Mariners had the as best chances as anyone to beat them. They're probably the second best team in the AL. I yeah, think. I'm not sold on the Rangers additions as great as they are, like adding a guy like Degrom and all that. But like, they just seem to be a team. It doesn't matter who they add. Like they added, you know, Corey Seager last year and it didn't matter. Yeah, like Corey he's a good player, obviously. Right. But like, or like the Angels, you know, they have. You know, Two of the best players in baseball in Otani and Trout, and they still like can't but manage to get their act together. Baseball is not the kind of sport you add one guy and everything changes. Yeah. No. It, yeah. The Mariners have a culture about them. Yeah. And I think they really – they almost remind me of the Kraken in that regard, that there's just such a good chemistry. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to be around that clubhouse a decent amount during the season. Yeah. And it's just a cool place to be. Like, they're it's all hanging fun. Out. I, just, I remember I was struck. You know, before the game, you're not really you're not allowed to go in the clubhouse. Mm. I mean, certain circumstances you are. Yeah. But like, it's just kind of the players' private area, and so you're waiting outside for the most part. And I mean, you can again, you can go in there, but I like to just kind of wait, let them have their privacy. Mm. And like guys like Julio will just come up to you, be like, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Like, and it's just, I mean, here's like the star of stars, like the maybe the brightest star in Seattle sports for the next decade, the, the next in his own way, you know, coming of Ken Griffey Jr. Like this guy that just isn't just a Seattle sports star, but transcends across the country and the world. I mean, Russell would have been like the closest example, obviously coming from football in recent memory sure. for Seattle sports. But yeah, he's like taking the time to like talk to people. I mean, and have fun with him. Hey, Eugenio Suarez is like a prankster. I was going to say good vibes only. He like runs around <laughs> and like, like tries to scare people. He's like, ah, and like most people jump. He's like, ah, I got you. And like, it's just like, you have this really cool dynamic with guys there. And, I, and it's like, you can see it. And certainly when I say you can see it, I'm referring to, the stretch run last year. Yeah. And I have no reason to suspect otherwise as far as that dynamics concerned heading into the 23 season. I mean, good vibes always. Good vibes only. Good good vibes only. I really I mean We should like it, we it, should buy those shirts and just wear them on the podcast when we switch to doing video soon. I would love to. A video soon coming. Video coming soon. We could have done today. Video we soon. just like wanted to wear our hoodies. I guess we could have worn our hoodies in the podcast there. Yeah, I think so. You know, but the weather I blame everything on the weather. Blame the weather. I blame it's gonna everything get back on to the 50 It's going to get back to 50 right. soon and you know then not, I mean the bluest guys will be over Seattle in the summer. Believe I think me. so people can't see we have a bunch of jerseys hanging up on our set here. Yeah. I may have to wear one of these for the first one. So let's just kind of go over what we got so far. I, and I, I I've been talking about this Cortez Kennedy jersey for the past five episodes and I have not brought it yet. I'm it's sorry. Okay. We want you to like it's your jersey. We well, want you. it's 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 a friend of the podcast. <laughs> it's a friend of the, the, the jersey's a, a friend It'll of the right podcast. Right above the neon sign that says Como Sports Zone. Yeah, and then we've got um, we were gifted. Como was gifted a um, a reverse retro jersey by the Kraken. It says Como on it. Yeah, and the ver- reverse retro jersey is a jersey that's growing on me. I like it. Yeah. Um. We got some Sonic throwbacks that I got from Simply Seattle. I purchased them because they make good mashups. I got the 96 Gary Payton on my right. I got the – it's a mashup. It's the 94 and prior layout, but instead of, like, that Kelly green and, and yellow, it's the 96 Sonics colors. There you go. Well, that's over there, but, yeah. yeah. People can't tell. That's a Sean Kemp jersey. Hey, guys, it's over Regular there. Regular Kraken jersey behind me. I've got another Simply Seattle jersey at home. It's a all, like, forest green Sean Kemp one. Clean. I might wear that the first time we do one. I- 
I don't know what I'm gonna. I may just wear my group fellow group hour jersey. We gotta get a Mariners jersey. Yeah. Coach Dicker from uh, WSU was here at the station today and said he wants to make sure there's some Coug stuff up here. Shout out to Coach Dicker. Great guy. Yeah. yeah what did y'all there. talk about today? Yeah. Thanks for that. We um we talked about a lot of stuff. Um, primarily, my big thing for him was in this ever changing landscape of college sports, NIL, transfer portal. How difficult is it as a coach to mo- maintain momentum? And and what coaches said is basically, you know, listen, you know, the college football is changing. The Cougs got to keep up with it. Yeah. And it's also a little bit of a message to the university, like, hey, let's resources. Like, otherwise, especially in this really uh, transcending period, you can fall behind really quickly. Yeah. He also, what was interesting to me, he said, listen, I haven't thrown a lot in my time here. Like, and remember, he, he only became the head coach. He was an interim head coach. When Nick Rolovich was fired for not getting the vaccine, the state mandate, back in October of 21. Wow, that seems like ages ago now. Doesn't it? And then Coach Dickert takes over, um, takes what was kind of a struggling Cougs team. They did win their last game under Rolovich. But he takes a struggling team, leads him to a bowl game. And then he comes out this year. They beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Huge. And that was big for Coach because he's from there. Yeah. And then they go to another bowl game. They lost the bowl game. Um, Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. But, like, you know – that's back-to-back bowls while absorbing that really tough transition, really odd situation that he had to take over with. It's with enduring this transfer portal, which he used to his advantage bringing Cam Ward in. Hey. He's a star quarterback. Like, uh, yeah, star but quarterback. You, what really struck me about Coach Nash is that I'm presenting these questions to him in, like, a positive way because I really feel that program's on a positive trajectory. Now, listen, the Huskies doing what they did is insane, and I think they're a legit national title contender Literally this year. night and day for the Huskies. I, absolutely. But I think the Cougs are on their own positive trajectory. Like I think they're an eight-win team at least this year. Yeah. And he and he kind of just like, he, he like understood and he appreciated, but he kind of just said, "Yeah, but we got to do this. We got to do that." He's he's not coach speaking like, "Well, we got to get better in all three phases." Like all that stuff you always right. hear. He's genuinely like, "No, we got to do this better." And, and like Cam Ward's got to do this, and I got to do this. And and I, it just really struck me as a responsible head coach understanding what he's got to do in this crazy landscape of college football. Definitely, because it's not just coaching. I mean, with college football, it's never been just coaching. You know, it's just recruiting. And then NIL just kind of – I was looking online about the whole University of Florida situation with their quarterback and just how crazy that NIL has made that millions of dollars, you know. It's insane. It's insane. I think that there's going to have to be kind of a reckoning with the idea that, okay, NIL needs to happen. Yeah. Players need to get paid. Of course. But there's like zero regulation on it. Yeah. And there needs to be something about that because then it just becomes who has the biggest wallets. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, and I have no problem with a Bryce Young getting a huge contract. He should. He's the best quarterback in the game. Yeah. Or ZJ Stroud or somebody like that. But when these recruits are coming in and they're getting promised millions of dollars and it's like, oh, sorry, no repercussions for Florida because I just didn't have it. Exactly. Or like, you can come insane. in with a, a, you, me and you could just go to like any kid in the country and just give him like, bags of cash to go somewhere now in theory you still can't do that it has to be for job or charity work but there's no regulation on it really nope you know and so overall nil is a necessary thing it needed to happen it's great for these kids i always remember the story of chris weber when he was on the fab five and like everybody in ann arbor was wearing his jersey he walked by the window of a, like a sporting goods store and saw his jersey and he couldn't even afford to buy his own jersey insane like that's not right right and, and there's a lot more instances of that um the NCAA like definitely had a way too much overreach. Remember when I used to cover Syracuse University? Like they suspended a guy who was an English second Lagrange student. He was the starting center of the basketball team. He was from Brazil, um, and they suspended him for the NCAA tournament because they deemed he got too much help on 
some papers or some classes or something like that. I'm like, are, are we being serious about this? This is literally night and day. <laughs> it's from where we and are you're now. going from that, which was only as recently, I think that was like 2012 that that happened. Um, they didn't get slammed with sanctions until a few years later. But you're going from situations like that, well, out of the tournament because you got too much help on your schoolwork. Like, these kids need more help on the schoolwork. You see what these guys are having to do for travel? To now you can just give them millions. And, and uh, like, it's a step in the right direction, but it, it's almost like, okay, we needed to, like, walk a few paces in the right direction instead of we, like, did a 40-yard dash. Yeah. Like, we're really, like, almost like – I mean, the transport, even the transport, transport oh, reporter yeah. too, has turned into almost free agency. It, it is. seems like you know, I mean, and these guys are. I mean, but I will say this: this does kind of maybe prepare, ish, young people, sure, um, with uh, the idea of what actual money is. You know, right? You know, which is not never really a bad thing, but the, God, I I just can't imagine what coaches like Coach Dickert is kind of like trying to have to reckon in because they have to deal with other coaches in the conference mm-hmm. that are like you know throwing. Colorado, for example. Well, you know? sure. Exactly. And you're talking about, you know, WSU is always over overachieved out of Pullman, small yeah. college town, beautiful small college town. Yeah. But the idea that, like, you're having to compete with the USC's of the world and exactly. things like that, it, it's not exactly without regulation anyway and even playing field. Yeah. it's it, And I don't – and it, college football has never been even. No, it's never of course been not. Even. No. It never will be. No. But, but it, it, you can make it what it used to be where, you know, you could have a team – rise out of a conference that is like a smaller private school maybe yeah and and fight to make the playoff or something like that now i think within five years you almost never see that no never see that especially well. with these four super conferences forming and oh my gosh yeah. and i think that we can do a whole I, I show on the we board. i think we will you know what, let's do that next week you're just like on what's left because what might be the pac-12 <laughs> right i think i think i have a decent look at that and i think that it's a but I, before we talk about that and the draft next week there's a lot to talk about next week yeah. you guys have to just keep listening by yeah. the way yeah I will say this. I forgot what I was going to say. No, I'm just kidding. No, I will say this. When it comes to conference realignment and expansion and all of that stuff, my first rule, never pay attention to the rumors. Ever. It is, this is all that stuff. Tale, listen y'all. to me. This is – I like almost yelled at you. I was sorry. like, oh, I'm listening. I'm, I'm listening. talking <laughs> – Everyone listen to Nico. <laughs> because 99% of the rumors out there when it comes to conference expansion are from these like little beat writer sites – they're usually kind of shills for the, like, the college teams. Right. Like, hey, I'm I want to be in with you. Let me help. And like, it's usually some AD or some college president leaking to them what they want to be out there. Hmm. Look at college expansion rumors and tell me how many of those you think are accurate. But let me tell you that I've seen it a million times. Every school over, like, well, you know, I remember right after the Big Ten added USC and UCLA, you saw like, oh, Huskies are going to be next or Oregon. They may be, and I think they will be at some time, but not like immediate like some of those people were saying. Yeah. Circle back to what you can pay attention to. Every single time there's been a major move, it came out of left field. You didn't know a thing about it until it was leaked, until it came out. Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. This wasn't like a a weeks-long rumor mill. This was like you woke up one day and saw a reporter being like, hey, this is happening today, and then within like six hours it was happening. USC, UCLA, same deal. Nobody saw those guys going to the Big Ten. There was no rumor about that. Why? Because it was an actual real thing. But I guarantee you, if you Google like conference realignment rumors, you're gonna find a bunch of. And it's usually like those the bloggy type sites. Nothing right. against them. Yeah. They they get a lot of traction from fans, and they're and they serve their purpose. Well, yeah, for getting clicks. Focused on that one cl- that one sport. Right. But that's just it. They're doing that for clicks, and I don't even think it's malicious necessarily. I think it's that they're just 
taking their source, which is usually a university official, and saying, well, this is a high up at so-and-so university. Well, they're also using you to get their agenda out there. Definitely. And I've noticed that. And, and the biggest thing, like I just said, I'll go back to, is that the schools, the moves that you that actually occur, you don't hear about until they actually happen. So this means we should always wait for the press release. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Or at least, like, wait until you see, like, the, the big-time national college writers. Like, Pete Thamel at ESPN is a good one. Like, if he tweets it, then it's like, okay, this is probably happening. And, like, and that's usually – because – those kind of reporters and like reporters like here at our station, although we don't deal nationally, so we'll never usually get on those big things. Sure. Um, they have many sources that can be vetted out, not just like, well, I, and I, and I hate to bring up the old like jobs and, and stuff like that again. Like when I was at Syracuse, I remember a high up official there leaked a scenario to me and I didn't tweet it. I vetted it instead. And everybody I vetted it with like, there's absolutely no chance that would happen. And you know what that scenario was? What was it? That the old big East which is defunct in football now, it's only a basketball conference, was going to add Penn State, Maryland, all these Big Ten, and some other small really? ACC schools. And and a lot of people would have just run with that because it was a, it was a high-ranking, reputable official. And I didn't. I vetted it, and I'm like, because it kind of sounded weird. I'm like, why would Maryland and Penn State go to join the Big East? Like, so, <laughs> this guy was like, well, it's an easier road to what was then the BCS back then. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, but still. It doesn't make sense. No. Yeah. And so some of this stuff, um, it, it just it's like stuff sticking against a wall because you want to get a hundred retweets or a thousand retweets or whatever it is. Um, wait until you see the most reputable reporters. Don't pay attention to the rumor mill bloggy stuff. Just like I hate mock drafts and stuff too. Yeah, but mock drafts there's at least a little bit of like a thought process behind it. Like, well, this team needs this. There's a bit of science to it. Yeah, and it's a lot easier to just draft somebody. I think all of that conference realignment really just kind of focuses. It's, it's it maybe takes advantage of how insane it's been though like as far as like yeah. you said no one saw usc and ucla going to the big 10 yeah because it, geographically it just messes with your head yeah, <laughs> just, well, I, yeah exactly and, and even like style of play like we saw usc play last year and i just can't imagine them playing michigan every year no. you know <laughs> like no. you know and, and it's just crazy so that's why people are kind of grasping for these things you know yeah you know just like for any sort of like people always just kind of want any reason to be outraged right Especially on Twitter. Especially on Twitter. Twitter is like, ugh. I will leave. But follow me on Twitter, though. <laughs> follow Maji. Follow me. We'll always talk about this. And I want to leave on one thought on conference expansion. I don't think the Big Ten's done. That's my tease for next week. Whoa. Wait. Tease for next week. So does that mean something may happen next week? No, 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 no. I mean, like, my tease for next week's podcast. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because we will talk more conference realignment. We'll talk also some Seahawks draft, maybe. I think we're going to do it all. We'll do a lot more football, but, but you know – there is still a lot to be a lot to be said for this year's Seattle Mariners. We're still in spring training, you know, as a recap. March thirtieth, baby. March thirtieth, sold out already. Let's go, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland to Seattle. I'm excited. I'm so excited for Me baseball too. season. I'm excited for next week's podcast to talk about conference realignment. Nico gave a great monologue just now. Just now, these are, <laughs> but honestly, is it's what everyone wants to know because it's like what. Because, you know, even, like, classic guys like me are just like, wait, so the back Pac-12 is going to have, what, four teams in it? <laughs> well, there Maybe. could be some teams left in the cold, but we'll figure that out when we get there. Yeah, it'll come out in the wash. Yeah. yeah. Najee. Nico. This was fun. This has been great. I love these little talks. Yeah, let's do conference realignment in NFL next week. I love it. This is a great idea. Until then, thanks for listening to the Combo Sports End Zone. Good night. Bye.